Welcome to Sark Talk. Sark is a nonprofit cancer research organization that develops and manages clinical research trials in pediatric and adult sarcomas. This episode of Sark Talk is part one of a three-part series that was recorded at Sark's Research Advocacy Council meeting. This episode of Sark Talk is dedicated to the memory of Stacy Simpson Duke. Stacy was a dedicated member of Sark's Research Advocacy Council since 2020. We send our heartfelt condolences to her family and friends and are eternally grateful for the impact she had on Sark and the sarcoma research community. So, I'm Scott Okuno, Chief Medical Officer for Sark. I'm here in Houston uh, at our Sark Research Advocacy Council meeting. We've had a long day today, and I uh, have uh, three guests here today, and I have them introduce themselves. All right. Mitch Ashe with the National Lyme Sarcoma Foundation. Uh, Carolyn Hampson, and I'm Sark's Research and Development Intern. And I'm Allison Soule from the Allen B. Slifka Foundation. Thank you, first of all, for being on this podcast. Thank you also for coming and spending time with us at Sark to understand more about how Sark can be uh, incorporating patient advocacy groups. We asked some of the other members that were here today, what did they learn about Sark that they didn't know before? And we tried to share kind of what we did in the past, what we're doing present in our future. What are one or two things that you didn't know about Sark that you think is important for other people to know? I think the one thing I learned was um, how difficult it is to, uh, to run clinical trials and how much effort it takes to, to set them up and uh, adjudicate the trials and uh, all of the uh, hurdles that have to be overcome to have a successful clinical trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of something that's like specific to this meeting because I have, uh, as a SARCS intern, I do go to their weekly meetings, so I generally kind of know what's going on in the company. I definitely want to like echo what Mitch said about like how much goes into clinical trials. There's so much like work behind the scenes that like isn't apparent pro- uh, to like anyone, or like just like it's hard to know about unless you're like here just looking at the to-do list of everyone and like what goes into it. Also, this meeting, many of us like represent different disease types. You know, coming together is like you know, like there are some things that like bring us together, and then like kind of like recognizing what these differences are. But we all have uh, like the same goals in terms of improving patient outcomes. I would say I learned uh, for for me and my in my experience at the Slipka Foundation, it has been sort of a ground zero for for clinical trials. The professionalization that that Sark and the team bring to to trials um, and what goes on behind the scenes, just what, what Mitch, to echo Mitch, uh, you know, in terms of um, you know, the finances and the approvals and the coordination and um, the intellectual property piece, uh, the competition, and there's a lot to navigate. And so I think I've had a newfound appreciation for Sark's role in, in sort of ministering to, to all of that. We spent 
starting at 7.30. It's now almost 5 o'clock at night here, and we're still here, which is great. What is one thing you wish SARC knew that we don't know based on patient advocacy? The cure for sarcomas. What do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, I think that like it'd be really great if we could all just know a way to treat sarcomas with min- minimal morbidity, like you know, just like like no worse than like a course of antibiotics. That that would be like the dream would be to have just uh, a cure that was minimally invasive. That's a little far fetched at the moment. Well, you have to dream. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, we would love to have therapies that are non toxic and one hundred percent effective. Yeah. So that would be the goal. Mitch and Allison, you, you run organizations as well. How does our organization then tie in to what you do at your organizations? Well, I would say we are, you know, we're synergistic partners. You know, I think we want, we, want, we want the same thing, which is new, effective therapies with less, less toxicity for sarcoma patients. And I think we we need, I mean, as patient advocates, we have, you know, a community that we work with. But I think that without SARC, uh, sarcomas are very rare diseases, and we're kind of overlooked by a lot of mainstream uh, medical, uh, the medical establishment. And to have a group like SARC that is committed to sarcoma patients exclusively, and to have that ability to work with them, and, you know, in a in a synergistic way, as Allison said, to better the care and treatment of patients for early diagnosis and improved treatment, I think, is essential. We need, we need that collaboration between the clinicians and the patients to be as effective in coming up with new, with new treatments and effective treatments. We would love to be able to do that, and, you know, part of that is funding and dealing with the basic science. And we heard today from Jonathan Fletcher about his program and his uh, or, uh, SAS, which is the meeting that they're putting together. That's infrastructure. You're building the infrastructure, but those results might not reach fruition for some period of time. But our patients need something today. They need something now. How can we hear that urgency of those patients that you guys see and support all the time to really push not only ourselves at SARC, but other regulatory, uh, government work, or other industry to hear that message? And if we speak with a louder voice, it does make a huge difference. So how do you see SARC having the same goals as your organization, but acting more as one voice? How do you see that happening in the future? I think I think that's a very important point. I think that uh, we didn't have a great unified voice in sarcomas. We have 75 to 100 subtypes of sarcomas, and we didn't have one voice. Other cancers have are more um, effective in getting their voice heard. So that was one reason why we formed the Sarcoma Coalition was to bring together as many subtypes of sarcomas together to speak as one voice and try to go to you know, not only to the doctors, but also to the government and other agencies to say, hey, we're here, we're a small group, but we have very few treatments that are effective, and we need to do better 
in developing new treatments for our, for our small population of people, because everybody counts. And sometimes we feel like we're the orphans, and I think that the only way we're going to get there is for everybody to work together in the sarcoma community, physicians, pharma, and patients. And if we do that, hopefully we can advance it. It's been very slow, and, uh, but I think we're, in the last few years, we've had more interest by more people in the sarcomas, and I think that's only a good thing with more funding for research, and we just can't take our foot off the pedal. We've got to keep moving and moving. And, let our voice be heard. You know, I think the extent to which SARC is really seeking at this, I feel like this is sort of a, an inflection point, if you will, uh, where SARC is really now reaching out to funders and advocates wanting to you know, be at the same table, if you will, and to partner um, with patients, with caregivers, with foundations like like ours, to really bring the patient voice to bear, I think is, is, is going to be a game changer. Caroline? Unaffiliated, aside from SARC, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of organizational, individually, I think like SARC has a great role in research. I, I definitely think that the like, researchers also have the sense of urgency that patients do. I feel like those in the, who are in this research space also have a similar sense of urgency. I guess it'd be like getting like the regulatory agencies getting getting them to have that sense of agency might be a little bit more difficult. I think anyone with direct patient contact uh, contact like has that like sense of urgency and the the uh, the CTOS gala like they were oncologists on the dance floor talking about like <laughs> their research and like you know like the latest like drugs. So I think that sense of urgency is already pretty present among clinicians. Yeah, I think the best. Uh exchange of information is on the dance floor. That's right. So I think that's important to kind of keep that in mind. Uh, but I think all three of you, both, all of you said that it's a good opportunity to work with SARC and there's value of working with SARC. SARC realizes how important it is to reach the patient community. And we, because we are an organization that relies on other institutions to take care of patients, we have to hear the voice of the patient, and sometimes we lose track of that. So I think what we're hearing today is we spent the whole day talking about how we incorporate patient voices. How do we import patient perspectives in design of trials, what trials we do, and how to get access to these trials. And I think a lot of times we just take it for granted. We are a big sarcoma center. You're going to get there. Well, the reality is no, you can't get there for various reasons. So I think as we start to go forward in 2023 and beyond, your input from your organizations and it spirals out to the Sarcoma Coalition and beyond is going to be really important because if we're doing the same thing 2023 and 2024 that we've done in the past, we, we probably missed something. So I'm hoping that as we move forward that we're going to continue our engagement. In that, do you guys have any parting words for today before we all leave and either go back home or go out to dinner? So any parting words? Allison, I'll ask you. Parting words? Yes. Well, I just want to say I'm grateful for your commitments, Dr. Conrad's commitment and Dr. Fletcher's commitments. Uh, it's very apparent 
certainly came through today that uh, SARC is really trying to seek relationship with the patient and funding community. So to sort of look look outside the the sort of expand the aperture, if you will, yeah. of, of of SARC. Yeah. So and that is that's greatly appreciated. To follow up, our lens is wide open now. <laughs> so that that's going to be important because we 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 need you all to be better at what we do. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely second all that, and then also want to add about the while SARC. Uh, like as of now isn't very patient uh, facing like the unseen impact that SARC has had on patients and it's definitely like impact that like most patients probably aren't even aware of. My doctor, Dr. Laura Davis, who treated me, she was a SARC Career Development Award uh, winner uh, or awardee and I, I didn't know this at the time when she was being treated um, and it wasn't until like got involved with SARC that I like learned this and learned that like award uh, is what enabled her to like continue in sarcoma research and just kind of thinking that, like, you know, because of her and her expertise that, like, Sark fostered, like, I'm back at college, I'm taking uh, 20 credits in the internship, and I'm, like, back to, like, living life to the fullest, and just kind of want to note, like, the the unseen impact that Sark has already on patients, kind of have to, like, be very, like, aware of it, and, like, it took some backtracking to realize that, wait a second, even before I, like, was connected with Sark, even before I entered this, interned with them, they already changed my life yeah. through than curating Dr. Davis's talent and expertise. I do appreciate that. We are very happy, and it's a shameless plug. We did have a podcast with Dr. Laura Davis and Angie Herbie because they were both awarded Career Development Award in the same year. So we have a podcast sharing their passion and connections. Mitch, any parting words? Sure. I would just say that, I mean, we're speaking from all the advocate uh, so we're here and all the patients that we serve, I think just to have an opportunity like this to sit down with, you know, the people that are in charge of SARC, the medical director, the um, research director, the president of the board, to take their time and a whole day to sit down with the advocacy group shows their commitment to the advocates. And I think the advocates also feel that they're committed to working with SARC because I think we all, at the end of the day, want the same thing. We want to improve the care of our patients. And I think, obviously, the sarcoma specialists, I feel those I've met over the years, are committed to that. And I know the advocacy groups are. And I think if we work together, we can only better that relationship and better the course of treatment for our patients, which is what we all want. I can't say it any better than that. We all have the same mission. Uh, let's get it accomplished. So thank you all for spending time today, and we'll continue our work together um, in the months and years to come. Thank you all. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a SARC talk. To find out more about SARC, please visit our website at sarctrials.org. To suggest a topic or ask questions, please email us at sarktalk at sarktrials.org. And remember, together we can find a cure for all forms of sarcoma.